Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 29. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to develop a reflective practice in your work. But before we get on to that, don't forget last week I was focusing on one of the seven elements of art and I was sharing different ways you can engage your audience into discussion about colour. So do go back and listen to that episode number 28 if you haven't already. And also before we start, if you'd like to support the show and thank you to everyone that has, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bound and I'll put a link in the show notes. And the show notes, as always, they're available on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 29. So now let's get on with today's show. So today we're going to cover what reflective practice is, the benefits of it, six different ways to develop your own reflective practice. And finally, I'm going to share three tips to get you started. So let's start by talking a bit about what reflective practice really is. Well, it's simply the art of thinking about or reflecting on what you do. It's the ability to be able to reflect on your actions so you can learn from them and continue to learn from them. It's a process of continuous everyday learning. And according to a great guide, which I was reading, the CIPD Guide to Reflective Practice, it means learning to pay attention, listening to ourselves, coming face to face with our assumptions, noticing patterns, changing what we see and changing the way we see. Now, learning is not just about attending courses, reading books and so on. We actually learn all the time, every day, from everything that we do. And reflective practice is a way of recognising and articulating or making it visible what we're learning on a moment-by-moment basis. Now, it's important to note here at the start that reflection and a reflective practice are not the same thing. With reflective practice, we're capturing and noting the learning. That might be in a written way or with a drawing or verbally. And we're capturing it on a systematic basis. So we're doing it regularly, like you would in a journal, for example. So what are the benefits of having a reflective practice? Well, there are lots of benefits. Uh, The first one is you will have an increase in your self-awareness. So you'll know more about yourself. You'll get to know yourself. And this is a key part of emotional intelligence as well. You'll get to know where your strengths and weaknesses lie, but you'll also be more creative and innovative. So it will spur you on to try new things and to experiment and improvise. And it really pushes us 
to updated, uh, update our tried and tested ways of doing things and to think about how we can improve our practice. And this will make all your sessions, whether they're guided tours or art discussions or online sessions, much more engaging and interesting for participants. So it's a win-win. But having a reflective practice also helps you to make sense of and understand when things don't go according to plan. And we've all had situations like this when things don't quite work out, when you sometimes feel like you've failed at something. Being reflective, having this reflective practice helps you to learn from experiences and even to perhaps reframe these type of experiences as challenges or opportunities. So on the whole, it will help you to improve your performance and to develop new professional practices. So there are lots of benefits of developing a more reflective practice. So now let's look at some of the ways you can develop a reflective practice. I'm going to share with you six different ways. They may not all appeal to you, but I think you'll probably find one or two things in this list that you'll find interesting. So let's start with journaling. Now, I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea and I've included lots more ideas after this suggestion. But if you do fancy giving journaling a go, I'd highly recommend it. It's a great way of being more reflective about your work. But note now, you don't have to have a fancy notebook and you don't need to write an essay. But taking a few moments after a session or even at the end of the day, or at the end of a week, to write down a few notes will really pay dividends. So as a starting point, you could think about what you did and what happened, what went well, and what you'd like to work on for next time. This will help you to keep a record in your journal of what's happening regularly. And you can use this information to make changes or to chart your progress. Now, after every practice or coaching session we run in the membership, I ask the facilitator to spend a moment jotting down their thoughts about the session, noting how it went, how it felt and what they'd like to work on for next time. And I think that looking back at these notes in their journals really gives participants, facilitators, amazing insights into how they've developed in their practice over time as well. Now, you could also use journal prompts to regularly think about and reflect on your practice as an educator. There are so many different prompts out there. If you just Google journal prompts for educators, you will get lots of inspiration from very big questions like what is your greatest strength to something more, a little bit smaller, like what was a highlight of today. And you could also alternate between answering perhaps larger questions that ask you to reflect on your practice as a whole, maybe on your teaching style, your facilitation style, your strengths and your weaknesses, to more in-the-moment questions that ask you to reflect on a certain programme, a guided tour or a lesson. Questions like, what went well in today's session? What would you like to change for next time? And as an example, I ask all participants on my VTMO course to start a new notebook at the start of 
the course. And in most live classes, I'll ask questions for their journals. And these can be questions about how their thinking has developed, perhaps about the method, visible thinking in the museum, perhaps how that's developed over time from the start of the course to the midpoint, or even about what they want to work on next and what resources they might need to get there. And these journal entries in my course are intended as a reference point so that participants can refer back, they can note their progress, they can spot any patterns and they can use these notes, these journal entries to inspire new thinking too. So if you fancy giving journaling a go, the key factor to remember is that it's something you need to do regularly. You need to make it a habit, but it doesn't have to take a long time either. So I think even just making a habit of doing a one to two minute reflection at the end of the day or after having done a tour is enough. You can do more, of course, but it doesn't have to be an essay. I'd also recommend having a small journal, something that you can take with you. It's a great idea so you can have it with you anywhere and any time. And the joy of having a journal is that you can look back over it and see where you've grown. You can notice the differences to see where you are now and to see if any patterns have emerged over time too. So think about giving journaling a go, but if you're not keen, perhaps you'd like to consider the second method, and this is free or reflective writing. So free writing is about documenting your, exper your experiences, opinions, events, new information, and a way of exploring your knowledge. It's a really easy first step to develop a more reflective practice. It's also a really good way to get to know yourself better and to get a better understanding of ideas or concepts. I think free writing is also a great way to communicate your thoughts, your response to any feelings that are bubbling up too, perhaps after a session that didn't go so well. And using free writing will really actually help you to gain some clarity. So to do a free writing exercise, first decide what prompt you're going to use. So this could be an image, it could be a question, or it could be an image and a question. Or you could just spend 10 minutes reflecting on a class you just taught, or a tour you just led, or a session that you just facilitated. But set yourself a time limit for the exercise. And the important thing with free writing is that you continue writing for the entire time. You don't stop to judge what you've written. You don't judge your grammar or your sentences or your spelling. You are just writing. And the idea here is that you're not meant to be producing something perfect. You're getting the ideas out of your head. You're making your thinking visible. So keep the hand moving. And even if you find you run out of ideas, just write whatever comes into your head. But don't stop. When time is up, read back through what you've written and underline any key words or phrases that stand out. You could also put this writing aside for a while and come back to it later. And then later, you could start editing it. You could take the parts that make sense, for example, and put them in a sensible order. 
if you don't fancy giving free writing a go, you could also try some free drawing or doodling instead. Okay, so that's two examples. Uh, We've done journaling, we've done free writing, and now I want to share some frameworks with you because there are a number of frameworks out there that you could use to structure your thinking around reflection. And I'm going to share two frameworks here and two thinking routines that you can use. So let's start with the Gibbs Reflective Cycle. So this is a framework in the shape of a circle and it asks for description, feelings, evaluation, analysis, conclusion and action plan. And for each stage in the circle, you answer some questions. So for example, in the description stage, you're describing what happened. For feelings, you're noting your feelings before, during and after. And then you move on to evaluation, which is where you think about what went well and what was less positive about the experience. In analysis, you are asked to look at the assumptions you might be making and to think about what insights are available to you. And for conclusion and action plan, you assess what you'll do differently next time. You note what resources you will need or what steps you need to take to get there. So to do this exercise, you would probably need to set aside a good 15 to 20 minutes. So do bear in mind it's a slightly longer exercise than uh, doing perhaps some free writing and setting a short time limit. You could even present your answers to this as a mind map. As an alternative, you could use Donald Schoen's reflection in action and reflection on action model instead. So this is a really interesting model because Schoen states that there are two types of reflection. So he makes a distinction between reflecting as something happens, so during a lesson, during a tour, and reflecting afterwards. So reflection in action really gets you thinking about what's happening right now. And it allows you to change in the moment and think about what you're doing whilst you're doing it. And this kind of thinking really is a skill of thinking on your feet that is so useful for educators. Perhaps, uh, for example, you notice your group are getting restless or they're not understanding something. You can then consider the situation, decide how to act and act immediately. And this could be very simple. It could be wrapping up a discussion and moving on to the next stop or making a decision to perhaps include more participants in the discussion if one person is dominating. And the steps that you would take would be to first observe the situation. So look at what's happening, then consider why it's happening and then respond by doing something differently. So this is very much thinking on your feet. It's an immediate reflection of what's happening at that moment. And it's incredibly useful. It really allows you to personalise experiences and draw on your experience to change things. So the second type is reflection on action. And this is all about 
after the experience has happened. It involves reflecting on how your practice can be developed after the moment has passed. And it really should encourage ideas on what you need to change for the future as well. It does require deeper thought, a bit like the Gibbs cycle that I just mentioned. And you might think about what happened, what options were open to you, why you chose certain options and not others, and what you would do differently next time. You could also think about your reflection on action using a thinking routine. And here's a really useful one, the what, so what, now what thinking routine. So to use this thinking routine, use the what part to describe what you did or what happened. So what is where you unpick the events. You make meaning of what's happened, your actions or observations. And now what? This is what you when you plan forward and identify actions and implement implications. So a really useful thinking routine that it's called what, so what and now what. And another one that I've used extensively, particularly on my VTMO course, we've used the ESP plus I thinking routine to reflect on the course after it's finished. And this thinking routine asks you to discuss your experiences any struggles you've had, what's still puzzling you and your insights. And it's a really good thinking routine to make reflection meaningful. So here are three more ways that you can develop a reflective practice. And these are a little bit more quick fire. The fourth way is to observe others. So observing others is a really, really simple way to develop a reflective practice. It will inspire you and provide opportunities to see how others do things. And I think as educators, we often work alone or in parallel with others and we rarely get to see them do what they do. So seeing other educators in action is always very inspiring. You can learn so much from how others do things. And in my practice and coaching sessions in the membership, these are designed to help educators develop their experience and their confidence, but they are also just as much about being inspired by others too. So using this time in these sessions to really ask others how they do things. But if you can't observe others, observe yourself. And this is our next way to develop a more reflective practice. So we've talked about this before and sometimes it can be painful, but recording yourself in action can be a great way to learn and grow in your practice. So perhaps you could record yourself leading a tour or an educational program. You keep your phone in your pocket and press play on a, on a voice recording app. Or if you're working on Zoom, just hit record. And watching it back can be challenging. I certainly found it challenging when I first started recording myself, but it will give you insights about how you work. So watch it critically, non-judgmentally, just observing yourself and make notes on what went well and what you want to work on for the future. 
The next way is to share and reflect with others. So you can also develop a more reflective practice by sharing your experiences with others and asking them for their feedback. I don't think reflection has to always be a solo activity. And in fact, sometimes it can be more helpful to do it with others. So I think again, in our practice and coaching sessions, which I keep talking about, we ask the audience to share what they enjoyed about someone's teaching today and to share any suggestions about how that facilitator might lead it differently. And I think in these sessions, the facilitators themselves, they're given an opportunity to reflect on their experience and also to ask the audience questions about how they got on. Now, you could mimic this yourself with a group of educators. You could get together regularly. You could take turns to lead a discussion about an artwork and you could follow that with feedback and discussion. 10 minutes for the discussion, maybe 10 minutes for the reflection. And if you do this regularly, you'll really notice the difference in your practice. And finally, research. So keep researching and finding out what's new in your field. And you can do research in a variety of ways, but let's start with reading because I think the more reflective we become, the more we want to keep up to date and learn new techniques and methods and to read more. And we started a book club in the membership a few months ago. We're all keen readers, but we wanted the opportunity to be accountable for reading a certain book in a given time frame and to spend time discussing that book too. And I think discussing ideas from what we've read really helps us to get new ideas for how we might apply what we've been reading in our own work. It also helps us to remember key sections of books too. I think being excited about what you read is part of the process, but you do also need to make the effort to put these new ideas into practice and experiment too. Experiment with new ways of working. And then, of course, you'll need to reflect on how it went and what you'd like to work on for next time. Now, you can also do research by attending conferences, events, by taking courses and classes. And these all help you to meet other people, to share ideas and get new sources of inspiration, all of which you can note in your journal. So finally, I just want to share three quick tips for getting started. So the first one is time. Make sure you allow yourself enough time for reflective practice. The most common excuse is that I don't have enough time to do this. But this is something you can build into your routine, little and often. You can do a quick one minute reflection, but it should happen on a regular basis to make it a habit. I think even after a guided tour and before I started the next one, I would always take one minute to mentally scan what happened in the last tour, what went well and what I'd like to work on. The second tip is to slow down, take away all distractions and allow yourself to be in the moment with your thoughts. 
when you're reflecting. Put everything on mute and give yourself some quiet time. You could also do a minute of breathing. This will also help the brain to get into a more reflective and relaxed state too. And finally, the third tip, approach reflection with curiosity. Don't be harsh or judgmental on yourself. Be curious. Try not to criticise yourself. This is all about noticing, objectively, reviewing and reframing. So there you have it. We've covered a lot. We've covered what reflective practice is, the benefits of a reflective practice, how you can do it and some tips to get you started. And by following any of these suggestions, you will develop a more questioning approach to your work. You will stop and pause to think about why things are as they are and how they might be in the future. You will also consider the strengths and areas of development in your own practice. You'll question why learning experiences might be this way and you'll consider how to develop them. Now, I'd love for you to give some of these a go. If you do, share with me how you get on. You can find me on Instagram most days at Thinking Museum. And every Friday, I send out a weekly newsletter full of inspiration and ideas. I share one thing to watch, one to read and one to listen to. And I'll also share all the upcoming classes and courses too. I'll put a link in the show notes to the TM Weekly. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.